Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of the Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. One day closer to the weekend, one day closer to the College World Series. And man, how great is it that we are in this thing again? You know, it's one of those things when I was a kid, we always dreamed of going to Omaha. That was always the big, that was the big payoff. We were a baseball school. And, uh, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, and I can say this because I love Mississippi State, you know what, we, we might not have been the baseball power we wanted to be. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things you look back and say, well, you know, we were great. And I think a lot of it's because we were great by comparison because many of our other sports programs struggled. Okay? We were inconsistent many times. But baseball was a consistent winner. But we didn't always make it to Omaha. That was kind of a rarity for us. But when we made it, 
it always seemed like, you know what, we could kind of poke our chest out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what, we are, uh, we're Mississippi State. We've been to Omaha. You haven't been. And so getting to Omaha was, it was the goal, really. I mean, you know, when we got there, we wanted to win a game or two just to prove we were the national elite. And I'm sure those players wanted to and felt like they could win it all. And now we're in our, preparing for our 11th trip to Omaha. But, you know, when I go back and I think about those glory years, and, and, I, and I say that with Dr. Evil air quotes, glory years. We go to Omaha uh, in 1971 for the very first time. We go back in 79. We go in 81. We go in 85. So the Clark and Palmero trip, that was the fourth in school history. We didn't go back again in 1990. And that's kind of a forgotten team, I'll be honest with you. We had to do a little more research. That 1990 team, that 81 team, there's another team, not highly heralded. 97, 98 are, are only back-to-back trips before this year, right? 97, 98, that's the Brooks, Brian, Richard Lee, Chris Lauterhouse, Chris Reinecke, Jeremy Jackson, Brian, uh, Brian Weiss teams, great teams, Eric Dubose. We probably should have won the whole thing in 97. That's one of the things I think about. You know, it's like – People want to compare, you know, well, Steve, who's better, the 85 or the 89 team? You can make an argument, argue with the top two teams in Mississippi State history. But, I, but I'm going to stand here today, and I'm going to stump a little bit for 97. I think that 97 baseball team was as good as any we've ever had. Outstanding. Outstanding baseball team. Doesn't get the credit a lot of times that, uh, you know, the 85 or 89 team does. And I think there are times when we look at that 85 team, you know, we look at it through the lens of history because of what these guys did as major leaguers. And they were tremendous here. But you go back and you think, you know, man, as Ever Kennard says when he teases Coach Polk, is, hey, Coach, uh, man, you had four Major League Baseball All-Stars on that team. You won it that year, right? You know, we didn't. But we look back at that and say, man, those guys played at Mississippi State. What great memories. The 89 team, I think one of the reasons, and it was a great team, but we've had a lot of great teams that didn't get to Omaha. The 1970 team with Brantley Jones kind of comes to mind. That team didn't make it to Omaha either. The 2016 SEC champion, first ever top eight national seed team, Mississippi State, didn't make it to Omaha either. But the 89 team was number one much of the year in 89. And most of those guys got drafted. And then it's crazy. The next year, we think it's, it's kind of a rebuilding year. You know, we have some pieces back. But then we find a way to get to Omaha in 1990. And I think because of what happened in 89, uh, it motivated those guys to get out there and get it done in 90. But the, but the bottom line is, I think some of the times when we look back at those teams in hindsight, we think, you know what, that team should have won it all. There are a lot of teams Mississippi State that should have won it all. But the one we have today has a realistic chance to go win it all. It won't be an upset. It won't be a surprise to anybody. As a matter of fact, we've had some national baseball people over the course of the last month that have said, I, I think Mississippi State could win the whole thing. Last year's team was kind of the uh, you know the lovable underdogs because we had been a proud program, but we'd had an absolutely dreadful beginning of the year. And I think people kind of pulled for us because of all we'd gone through with the construction and then the coaching change and all that stuff. This year's team was different, much different. We're going to get into some of that today. We're going to talk some football recruiting today. Big day for Jim Moorhead and uh, Marcus Johnson yesterday as they pick up a pair of big-time offensive line recruitments. We'll get commitments. We'll get into that. We'll talk about what could be next. 
But the first thing we want to do is we want to thank Stan Ray and Kathy Brown and the lovely, talented Susie and everybody at Campus Bookmark. Love Campus Bookmark. Love going in there. When I go in there, everybody's always excited to see me. And I'm sure they treat you the same way because you're family. You go in that door, you go in the bully shop, and there's all kind of great things to look around and see. And I went in there last week, got some gear for myself, some gear for the family, kind of gearing up uh, for the home stretch. Because here's the thing that, that happens. When we go to Omaha, everybody needs to wear those Mississippi State College World Series shirts, and you can get them at Campus Bookmark. Stan Ray advertised them yesterday. You need to have that. Because when you're going to Disney World this summer, when you're taking the kids out there, you need to have on that Mississippi State College World Series shirt. When you're at the gas pump and you see those fans of a couple other schools over there kind of looking your way, go ahead and put you know pull that shirt up and kind of give them, give them rep the brand a little bit. Strike a little fear in their hearts. Let them know to, to stand way. There's a bulldog in, way, in town. So uh, let's go ahead and order those shirts. Go to campusbookmart.net, and you can order those shirts today. And being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a promo code, a phrase it pays. And it's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. So uh, let's, the, I want to address this Elijah McNamee thing, too, once and for all, because I want to get it behind us, because uh, it is still a uh, bone of contention with many people. And so <clears throat> we go back to uh, the Sunday night, top of the ninth inning, and Mac hits that home run. And it was just one of those moments, you know, I was, I was thinking as he was getting ready to hit, I said, I just want this kid just to rip one more. And I'm not necessarily looking for a home run, but just, just rip a ball back up the middle. You know, we saw the ovation that Jake got. And I wanted Mac to have, you know, a similar, you know, moment. You know, wanted to have that goodbye moment from the Mississippi State fan base. And I remember thinking to myself, man, it would be so unfair if his kid strikes out or hits into a double play or, you know, he needs something – after all that he's gone through, he needs something to feel good about in his final moment at Duty Noble Field. And uh, we get more than we bargained for there. And uh, and so he hits the home run. And listen, when you begin to think about all the things he's gone through, undrafted, had his grandfather, who was among his biggest fans, uh, pass away unexpectedly this year during the season. Then he has the foot injury, tries to play through that to, to the point of diminishing returns. You know what I'm saying? Like he, because he is so competitive, he finally had to reach a point and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I might be hurting the team right now. I need to get healthy. So he elects to have a surgical procedure during the season that will force him to miss the SEC tournament. And uh, then, of course, he doesn't start defensively the first game in, uh, in the regional but once he showed that he was okay, he was good to go. And it's one of those things, too, I look back. It's just like the JT Ginn stuff after LSU. And you know, there's all these people with, quote, sources, right, sources. You know, uh, smiley face with sunglasses on sources. It's said, oh, yeah, I, I think McNamee's done for the year. I've heard this. You didn't, you didn't hear anything. You know, people just make that stuff up. They didn't make it up. It's because they, they believe, well, something bad's got to happen to us because we're Mississippi State. And I get so tired of all that. That's that's one of the things that I wish would really die off is all this woe is me, poor old Mississippi State stuff. It's, you know, this is not the Bulldogs of your forefathers. It's not. But that's not what happened with Elijah McNamee. McNamee works hard, gets back in good shape, and uh, absolutely rips one. And a moment that I don't think any of us will ever forget. You know, there, there are some players when you go back and you think, you know, okay, their players, when you mention moments, you mention their names, there's immediately is a memory that flashes in mind. Now, with McNamee, there can be a few, right? It's going to be difficult to ever beat that walk-off home run in an NCAA regional elimination game at 
Florida State. That might be the McNamee moment. Might be. But we had a really good one Sunday night. We had one that, that I will never forget because of, because of what Elijah McNamee means to Mississippi State, what he has meant for Mississippi State in the postgame. And, and, and I was on the radio, you know, with a couple people, uh, you know, the day after on Monday. And I was, I was sharing with people. I said, hey, don't let Elijah McNamee get going. Y'all let Elijah McNamee go, and we might just win the whole thing. And and I, and I get chills saying that because that's the reality of it. When you begin to look at what's happened here in the, in the NCAA regionals, uh, well, all of a sudden we get Jordan Westbrook going again. And remember this time last year, Westy had a big moment in Omaha too. That big home run uh, against uh, North Carolina. It's one of those moments you look at and you say, you know what? You start getting Westy going. You start getting Mac going. You keep Rowdy and Tanner and those guys going, and, and you know what Jake's going to do. Jake's going to be fine, you know. Jake will get going. Jake's our guy. But you mess around let Elijah McNamee get going, all of a sudden this lineup looks pretty solid. You know, it's one of those things all year long. You know, we've had different guys kind of step up and kind of carry the weight for a while. Mac did that last year in the postseason. This is – it's Mactober. I know it's June. But this is when McNamee plays his best baseball. Is in the month of June. We saw it last year. We see it this year. We saw it two years ago. That's if you go back and look at those numbers. McNamee in the postseason has been a dude. So he has that big moment, and um, sadly, a lot of that was kind of marred a little bit because of the fact that uh, the umpire, who uh, many Bulldog fans have already kind of identified, and uh, and uh, in some respects harassed on social media. Let me go ahead and tell you this. I don't support any of that. Okay? I just I just don't. I think we should be above the, all of that. And not to mention, I don't want to make any enemies in the umpiring profession on behalf of Mississippi State. Uh, be that as it may, you know, there's sometimes that uh, things need to be brought to the forefront. And let me just assure you that you know, the people that need to know about those online comments from that official, that those have, those have, they're in the right hands. Let's just say that. And it'll, it'll be addressed. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure it'll be addressed to our fan satisfaction, but it will be addressed. And it needs to be addressed, okay? But it's time for Mississippi State people to kind of move on from this, okay? We're going to Omaha. That umpire is not. He has coached or umpired his last game of the season. Maybe he wasn't good enough to go to Omaha. I don't know. But he's not going to be there unless he buys a ticket. Mississippi State's going to be there. Elijah McNamee is going to be there. Now, I, here's my attitude about that stuff, too. Okay, even if I didn't know McNamee's history, you, you have to understand the context of the moment, right? It's the final game, closing out a Super Regional. You hit a home run to kind of remove all doubt about your team advancing to Omaha. It's the final at-bat for a senior in his home stadium. I'm going to give that guy a little latitude. Right, I mean, I'm just I'm just not going to get involved in that. I'm going to let him go run the bases. And you know what? Yeah, did he have a, an emotional explosion? He did. But by the time he got to the first base, he was running the bases. He had stopped celebrating. He was no longer pumping his fist. He's running the bases, and then he salutes the fans out in right field. And I saw some some absolutely idiotic comment from a Vanderbilt fan that thought that Magme was trying to give the official a high five. That, that's among the dumbest things that's ever been written in English. 
but it was a, it was it was an unfortunate situation where an umpire you know chose to interject his personal feelings and then he goes to facebook and then again kind of doubles down and talks a little bit about his philosophy and here's the thing is uh he's supposed to enforce the written rules of the game it doesn't matter if it's of, of his opinion you know his opinion is irrelevant and i think that's the thing that's kind of rubbed people the wrong way but the bottom line is you got to know the moment you got to know the moment and let the kids play it is still a game he wasn't showing anybody up it's not like he uh you know, he, he buzzed the Stanford dugout. He didn't point at anybody over there. He didn't taunt the pitcher. He just had an emotional reaction. But that's behind us now. And uh, Chris Lamona said yesterday that they've told Elijah that uh, he can't talk about it anymore. So they saw him in the locker room. He was watching video of uh, video of the, uh, <laughs> the swing again. Uh, but it's time for everybody to move forward. It's time for Mississippi State fans to move forward. And uh, once we get done with all this, we can always look back in hindsight. And say, you know what, that was, such, that was a, just a crummy move by an umpire and uh, there have been several major league baseball players that have commented about it and, and uh, Alex Bregman former LSU shortstop and current Houston Astro uh, has commented on it major league baseball has uh, shared Elijah's video so Elijah is having his moment okay uh, and it's this, this other person that chose to interject their personal feelings that you know they're the one the shame is theirs it's not Elijah McNamee's and so again I, I, I discourage anybody uh, from going to social media and tagging this official or, or messaging this official, that helps nobody. It might make you feel a little bit better in the moment, but it doesn't help Mississippi State. It doesn't help Elijah Magnum. It's not going to change what has happened. It's not going to change what has transpired. Along those same lines, I'm going to address this one more time, and I'm never going to discuss it again. But you cannot, I repeat, you cannot take a college athlete's likeness and go put it on a T-shirt and sell it for profit. You can't do it. It's just like, you know, there was a time a while back that uh, some Mississippi State fans decided they wanted to go make a shirt that said, praise the Lord and go dogs. Well, that is a uh, Vic Schaefer quote, and uh, that was something the university had to get involved in. A few years ago, there were some Mississippi State fans that started a Dak for Heisman campaign, were selling shirts and bumper stickers. The university had to get involved in all that. And there are people that do these kind of things, and, and you, you make more work for the university. You make more work for the people you claim to care about. Not to mention, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand why anybody would think, hey, you know what, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. Because then also what has to happen is also this exhaustive investigation on behalf of the university. They have to dig in to make sure that the people selling these products, selling these shirts or whatever, are not connected with the student-athlete. So they got to find out who's involved, find out who's responsible, make sure there's no connection to the, the, the athlete. And so it's just more work and more trouble than we need. It doesn't make any sense to do this. If you love Mississippi State, go buy a shirt, okay? Go buy one. But to think that you can, uh, you know, go put, uh, you know, Elijah McNamee's picture on a shirt and then go sell that and not expect consequences is just silly. And other people out there say, well, you know, I read something today. And uh, listen, I, I try to show dignity and respect to everybody. It's one of the things that I try to practice in all my affairs. But there are some, there, there are sometimes I read some of these posts in some of these Facebook groups, and they just, they just make my head hurt. I just think to myself, I, I you know, I don't, I don't think some people have walking around sense. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they make it through the day. And so, this people say, well, you know, Mississippi State sold all these Dak Prescott jerseys. Mississippi State didn't sell any Dak Prescott jerseys. Not one jersey that was licensed through Adidas. 
They sold a ton of them. They did. They absolutely did. But they didn't go put Dak Prescott's picture on a shirt and go sell it and say everything is Dak-tastic or something like that. There's a way to handle these things. And when you use somebody else's image or likeness for profit, there will be a problem with that. And so it's like it's so it, – it, when I see these things and I see people that want to defend that, I just think to myself, you know, take a step back and think about what you're arguing. You know, what, what you're basically saying is I, sh- I should have the right to go take somebody else's picture without permission and then be able to go sell that and sell that for profit and then not give them any of it. I mean, that's, that's what you're saying. How would you feel if she was on the other foot? How would you feel if uh, you know somebody took a picture of you and then uh, and some people would be happy to have their picture made? I know. Uh, I, I get it. <laughs> uh, but the bottom line is, is that uh, you know when, there are other, you, when you profit off somebody else's likeness or image, there will be a price to pay. It's as simple as that. So I've addressed that. I'm moving on. I'm, I'm, and it's so interesting, too, that I, I made that comment, and then like within an hour or two, I saw that uh, Mississippi State Compliance tweeted out, you know, another tweet about that. I'm going to read it to you real quick here before we move on. So here's a tweet from yesterday at 1249 p.m. from the MSU Compliance Office. Using a student athlete's name, image, or likeness to promote or sell any type of good is impermissible under NCAA bylaws. Please refrain from selling anything with a photo or name of any MSU student athlete as this could jeopardize his or her eligibility. And people are like, well, name me one person. You know, well, here's the deal. <laughs> if all this is pending, like if, let's, let's say for an example, if they can't find out right away and they can't share that, you know, this is, uh, let, let's just say for an example, let's, let's say a football player uh, was out there in right in the middle of bowl season and uh, there is a product that's being sold with his name or likeness on that. And it, and maybe, maybe it's somebody connected to him that is making these shirts or making these products or selling posters or whatever. And let's say that investigation takes some time. Well, then, you know, then you've got to rule the guy uneligible because what, what if it came out later that he actually was behind this, that he was trying to profit off his likeness as an amateur athlete and it affect his eligibility? And so the bottom line is don't do it. You don't know enough about this. It is illegal. It is improper. It is a civil action. You can be litigated against in a civil court and have to defend yourself and then pay Civil penalties. Just simply don't do it. You want a Mississippi State shirt, go buy one. That's simple. I want to remind you when you're in town, go to Bulldog Burger Company. I was there again on um, Monday, Sunday, Sunday, and uh, had uh, my baby sister Reagan and her husband and uh, their two girls in town. We went by and uh, they had never been to Bulldog Burger Company. So we went. It was a first time experience for them. They will be back because they tried the spring rolls and it changed their lives. And as I sit there and I watch, my brother-in-law William become more handsome as he ate a spring roll, and the other they come is four, and so I let him have two because it's it's always awkward when there's four and there's you get three people in your party and there's four spring rolls, and everybody looks at that four spring roll thinking, I wonder if Steve's going to have it. Well, ordinarily I do, ordinarily I do eat it, but this time I said, you know what? Let me let me let William have it. He's a first timer. I let him have it, and I sat there and watched him. His beard got fuller. His eyes got more clear. It is a, It was a life-changing moment for all of us. And so I encourage you to have those same experiences when you go to Bulldog Burger Company by having the spring rolls. I also talked him into to the pimentology hamburger. Again, a life-changing moment. He got two inches taller. <laughs> 
It's incredible. Now, I don't know if I can verify any of these facts. I'm just telling you what I observed. You need to go by Bulldog Burger Company and see if you can't become better looking, become a little bit taller, become a little more well-adjusted. But here's one thing I can guarantee you will happen, is you'll have a great restaurant-quality hamburger. That, of, that, of this, there is no doubt. Go to Bulldog Burger Company in the Cotton District, the closest restaurant to campus in the Cotton District. The service there, outstanding to people, glad to see you, the food, top shelf. Arguably the best restaurant-quality hamburger in the state of Mississippi. Again, Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So uh, let's get into uh, a little bit of what we learned yesterday. Before we um, pack the bus and head to Omaha, we have an opportunity to uh, to have some time with the Mississippi State student-athletes and Coach Chris Lamonis. Now you can go watch. I'm going to post all these videos throughout the week, okay? And there are a lot of videos out there, and they're all a little bit different. What I mean by that is, is it was kind of an elongated uh, media availability. You know, sometimes we have a guy come up and speak for two minutes at the podium, but uh, like Cole Gordon kind of held court and talked for probably 10, 15 minutes. And so you, you may hear snippets on our video that you don't hear on other people's video and, and vice versa. So let me encourage you, you need to get all the Omaha content you can get anyway. It's the only game in town right now, right? I mean, there's only eight teams in the country uh, in, in any sport that are still playing college athletics. That's it. Only eight anywhere in the country. And your Bulldogs are one of them. So you need to get as much content as you can. So I'm going to encourage you to read everything, watch everything, enjoy everything. These are the moments we look forward to, right? We began the season February 15th. We're thinking, okay, we've got an Omaha team. Let's get back to Omaha. Well, here we are. And so I'll post those. You can go watch Chris Lamonis' press conference video in its entirety on Gene's page. It's right there. It's free. Anybody can watch it. You don't have to be a subscriber. You should be a subscriber. And what are you doing with your life if you're not? Because I'll tell you this, if, if you were a subscriber, uh, you would have known about these uh, commitments coming. And we'll get into that a little bit later. You know, Paul Jones and I both, Paul's had to carry a little bit more of the weight this year uh, with the team having this elongated run and, and uh, having to do camps. Goodness, I mean, you know, that's, this will be the first year in forever that I hadn't, uh, you know, kind of been uh, the big dog covering camps because we're covering baseball. But um, we'll get into that a little bit later. But the bottom line is this. You can go watch a video. Uh, Lamonis, very upbeat eager to go, and, you know, he said in the uh, post-game press conference that, uh, you know, it's not about just getting to Omaha. And and that's, I'll, I'll tell you, that is still, that train of thought is still rather prevalent. I don't think anybody out there is just happy to be there. There was none of this wide-eyed look about, hey, boys, can you believe we're still playing ball? I didn't see any of that yesterday. I didn't hear any of it for Lamontis. Matter of fact, Lamontis seemed to be a little more businesslike yesterday than normal. You know, Chris is always, you know, kind of smiling and laughing. I, I noticed kind of a renewed focus with Chris. I think it's like, you know what, we came in the year expecting to go to Omaha. Now we're here. Let's go finish the deal. And that's one of the things you kind of continue to hear as a talking point with Mississippi State baseball is, yeah, we went to Omaha last year and it was a lot of fun, but we're not going back this year to get the souvenir t-shirt. We're not going out there to get our picture made in front of the statue. That's not what we're doing. Okay, we don't need the selfie, you know, with the crowd at Omaha, TD Ameritrade. That's not why we're going to Omaha. We're going to Omaha to win a national championship. That is the goal. That is the only goal. We've been to Omaha several times. We've never won it. Uh, matter of fact, there are only two teams in the NCAA College World Series field this year that have won a national championship, and that's Michigan. And both of those came back in the 50s, and Vanderbilt won it back in 2014. So there's a good chance you're going to have a brand new first-time national champion. 
And I like those odds, and I say, why not us? And that's the thing that Chris Lamonis kind of continues to say. He hasn't used that verbiage, but it's like, it's kind of a national championship or bust type thing. There's just a different look around this team right now. It's just a different deal. They, they, look, they don't look accomplished, if you know what I'm saying. They look determined. Last year when we made it, it was kind of this golly gee, can you believe our luck type thing. I remember interviewing Dustin Skelton in the, uh, the Hall of Champions last year, and he's like, hey, man, we're fixing to go win a national championship. But he was, he was a little bit giddy about it. This year, there is none of that. There is none of this giddiness or, or silliness or even playfulness. There is just kind of a cold look of determination that uh, these guys know what it takes to get there. They know what it takes to get back. And now they're going to go see if they don't have it, what it takes to finish the whole deal. Now, Chris Lamonis did share with us and kind of confirmed what we had uncovered on Sunday. I asked him Sunday during a post-game press conference what his pitching plans were for Omaha. And Chris says again yesterday, we're throwing Ethan Small. And I have read some of these comments, people beginning to second-guess that decision. And, and let me go ahead and tell you, you are wrong. Okay? You are wrong. We, you, because of the way it's all so spread out, it's not a typical four-game regional. You know what I'm saying? It's not a four-team regional where we – you know, we're going to play the doubleheader today. So it's like you, you win on Sunday, you don't play again until Tuesday, and then if you win, then you don't play again on Friday. And so what happens is, you know, you let's say Ethan Small throws on Sunday and he wins. And let's say we continue to win. Well, then you can bring him back on Friday on a little short rest and have him get you to the College World Series Championship Series. And then that's the two, two, best two out of three series. So then he can make an appearance in that one as well. And so he has the possibility of pitching three times in Omaha. Now, you want your best guys to be able to go as often as possible. That's one of the things Chris Lamontis said as well. And so it makes sense to me to throw him because you want to get into the winner's bracket, okay? You don't want to have to battle out of loser's bracket. And while we've got some good pitching, I don't want to test it, okay? I don't want to have to go and play five games. So if you go out there and you throw Ethan Small, and let's say you beat Auburn, and there are some people out there that are saying, you know what, we could throw, you know, just some guy that stands and beat Auburn, and that's not true. That, that, this is a different Auburn team than we saw back in March. This is a much better team. Uh, chances are they're going to throw Jack Owens. We didn't even see him. We played them uh, back in March. We won that best two out of three series. And people forget, we lost that Friday game. That's the game Ethan Small pitch. Now, Ethan leaves with a lead, a 5-2 lead, after six innings. And that's back when he was kind of on a pitch count. You know, we're trying to keep it around 100 pitches. He'll go a little bit longer this time. But uh, the bottom line was – is we lose the Friday ball game. So Ethan gets a no decision in that deal. And, yeah, we scored 40 runs. We did. We absolutely pounded their bullpen. But they figured some things out since then, and so have, and so have we. And people forget that Sunday game was a 20-15 to 15 game. We got to come from behind to win that. Auburn 38-26 and 26 on the year. But they're hot at the right time. And people say, well, they're this year's Mississippi State. I don't know if I would go that far. But I would say these guys are playing – everybody's hot right now. And, and uh, Chris Lamont has kind of touched on that yesterday too. There are a lot of people that don't that maybe fully appreciate that. If you go back and think – I mean, just think about this for a second here. Butch Thompson found some big things for Mississippi State many times in the postseason. He is a great postseason coach. He is a guy that gets it. He is a guy that understands how to get people to elevate this time of year. Now, in the regular season, Auburn kind of folded down the stretch. They get swept at Vanderbilt. No shame there. But the games were competitive for the most part. 
they did kind of get into the bullpen there and beat them up a little bit. They take two of three at home against Alabama in that Sunday game, 17-7, to you know, typical SEC Sunday games from of old. They take one of three at home against Georgia, their win in 10 innings. They beat North Alabama 8-7, which uh, has proven to be a difficult feat for at least one SEC team this year. And then they uh, they win one of three on the road in Baton Rouge. They get into the SEC tournament. They knock off Tennessee, and that was big. That, that was a big one for, for both teams. They lose in 10 to Vandy, and then they lose to LSU 4-3. And that, you remember, that was after State had beaten LSU. So Auburn kind of benefited from uh, a tired Tiger team. But they make the postseason, and then Butch Thompson kind of begins to uh, to find the magic. So they knock off Coastal Carolina, who kind of slipped in the field late, 16-7. They take down Georgia 6-5, Georgia Tech, pardon me, in the Atlanta Regional to get into the winner's bracket. And then they finish the deal off in the, uh, the Sunday game, 4-1. to So they sweep through the Georgia Tech Regional. Now, we could make the argument Georgia Tech was highly overrated, and that's true. But it's still difficult to go on the road and win a regional against a Power 5 opponent in their backyard. And that's what Auburn did. Then they go to the Super Regional, and they put up 11 on North Carolina <laughs> uh, on Saturday. They lose the Sunday game 2 nothing, and that's when people thought, well, okay, well, North Carolina probably go ahead and write the ship here and win this thing. And then Auburn puts up 13 runs, and I don't know that, I've, that I have seen a first-inning meltdown quite like we saw in that ball game for North Carolina. But North Carolina essentially gave Auburn the game early because they couldn't throw strikes, and when they did, Auburn made them pay for it, and then Auburn's bullpen held up. So, yeah, I think did Mississippi State get a favorable draw? Absolutely. But to sit here and suggest that uh, that we could throw anybody to beat Auburn, that's just incorrect. That's just that's disrespectful. And you're not there's not going to be any easy teams in the College World Series. But I would argue Mississippi State may have gotten the most favorable matchup. I think that's fair. But the important thing here is you got to win game one. You got to win game one. So people are saying, well, you know, I'd like to be able to have Ethan Small throw against Vanderbilt. I don't think there's any guarantee Vanderbilt wins game one. They're going to face Louisville, and that's a that's a hungry team too. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I think Vanderbilt is vulnerable, especially out of their ballpark. I, I really think they're vulnerable. I mean, you, you saw, and let's be fair, Ole Miss probably should have beat them in Hoover, if if we're being honest. You know, a couple mistakes here and there, Ole Miss couldn't close the deal. State should have beat Vanderbilt in Hoover. Vanderbilt put up some big numbers at times against some teams in Hoover. But I think both Mississippi schools could make the argument that we, we should have won the game against them. Vanderbilt is a different team away from their ballpark. It'll be very interesting to see how they play in Omaha. They've won it before. They've played well. They've played for national championship a couple times. But I think Vanderbilt is a good team, a great team. I think they're an, an elite team in their own ballpark. But I think uh, with their pitching, their inability to consistently throw strikes – I think it's a, it's a different day and time on the road in Omaha. It's a different deal. So, I, you know, I don't count Louisville out of that ballgame. I won't be the least bit surprised to see Louisville win that ballgame against Vanderbilt. And people are saying, well, you know, come on, Rocker's going to pitch that ballgame, which, you know, maybe they'll throw fellows in game two. You know, I'm, I'm okay with either one. 
we're we're going to see great pitching the whole weekend. It's not going to be one of these deals where you know you just kind of show up and, and hope for the best and it turns into a church league softball game. Uh, I did not see Butch Thompson's media availability yesterday. I don't even know if he had one, but I, I didn't. I didn't see any of that. I did reach out to a couple people that cover Auburn that I, that I trust, and uh, they both believe that Jack Owen will throw the ball game. Uh, Jack was their ordinary Friday night guy. Had some injuries and some arm tightness. Did not make the trip to Starkville. He is four and two on the year with a 2.83 ERA. 13 appearances, nine starts, and uh, he, you know, he's their guy. When he's healthy, he's their guy. Tanner Burns has been up and down a little bit, been injured some, threw a couple innings on Monday. You know, that Auburn, that Auburn pitching staff has had their share of struggles. They had some guys not pitch in Hoover because Butch held them out, because Butch understands the importance of postseason. I think everybody kind of expected the fact that Auburn was in the field and didn't have a whole lot to play for at Hoover. They weren't going to play their way, way into a host spot, and they weren't going to lose their spot in the NCAA tournament. And so it made sense to go out there and get some some reps for some other guys, but more importantly, get some rest for your big arm. So we're, we're going to see some guys that can that can pitch. And so if if, if we go out there and we get down one nothing, uh, and we don't score 15 runs, okay, people need to understand these teams are completely different than what they were when they first faced face off in Starkville. But I do think having an opponent that you are somewhat familiar with and then a pitcher that maybe you haven't seen, I think that gets your full attention. I don't think Mississippi State's going to overlook Auburn by any stretch of imagination because they – listen, Mississippi State showed up last year with a chip on their shoulder thinking, you know what, we're not just happy to be here. We're going to prove that to you that we deserve to be here. And this Auburn team has not been – this Auburn program has not been to Omaha – since 1997. It's been 22 years. I don't know if you know this. I wrote this yesterday. Did my own little research there. But uh, Alabama, Ole Miss, Auburn, the fewest number of trips to Omaha in the SEC West. LSU has the most with 18. Mississippi State second with 11. Arkansas with 10. Texas A&M right there with, uh, with six. But uh, you know, Alabama now holds the, the, uh, the longest drought. Auburn was the longest drought. They, they've now passed that. Now they've passed that baton to Alabama. And people can say, well, Alabama doesn't, you know, they don't care about baseball. Well, if they won in baseball, they'd care. Reminds me of Mississippi State women's basketball. We didn't care about women's basketball until we started winning, right? We wanted to win, but we weren't committed to coming to ball games. It's the same thing for Alabama baseball. But the bottom line is Mississippi State's going to face Auburn. It's going to be a good ball game. Uh, I am going to leave for Omaha on Friday. And so I will probably go ahead and record you a show tomorrow night. Once I get done packing and kind of get settled in, kind of preview the weekend and kind of update you on the things that we've learned uh, in the final 24 hours before the trip. Now, now Friday there we'll have the opening, and kind of like an opening ceremony of sorts, and then we'll have the doubleheader on Saturday. The the other bracket, bracket one, will get underway on Saturday with the doubleheader, and then we will play a doubleheader on Sunday. And so uh, going to be a very, very interesting weekend. Uh, my first time going to Omaha and covering the College World Series. Can't, I can't wait to get there. Absolutely cannot wait. We're gonna have th- we're gonna have three guys there to cover this. Usually we have uh, one. That's Dave Murray. And uh, last year Robbie Falk was able to make the trip. This year I'll make it. So we'll have uh, we'll have three people there and we'll have unprecedented coverage. Nobody will have more coverage than we will of uh, of Mississippi State's trip to Omaha. You you can you can believe that. Nobody will have more coverage than us. But uh, Robbie will be there to cover the press conferences on Friday. That's a travel day for Dave and I. So I'll probably go ahead and record the barnyard tomorrow night. Have that ready for you when you get up on Friday. We'll try to have that ready for you. I've done that a few times for you. I'll, I'll do my best. want to look now at uh, 
football recruiting. Mississippi State picks up a pair of uh, offensive line commitments yesterday. It, one of those things, that, there's not much that gets Mississippi State people fired up more, I think, than an offensive line commitment when it comes to recruiting. It's like, you know, hey, hey bring on more of those guys. And I think some of that's because of the fact that uh, there's two reasons. Number one, I think everybody understands this is a line of scrimmage league. And number two, our offensive line recruiting has been a bit of an adventure sometimes. And uh, there were times when uh, Coach Dan Mullen was here, we didn't do as well as we probably should have. Mississippi State now with 18 commitments. Ranked 12th nationally according to 247 team composite rankings, number six in the Southeastern Conference. Latest commitments from Mississippi State, we'll get into both of those. Sebastian Dulcine out of Kapaya Lincoln. He is a, uh, he, it's just a guy that's got some, you know, power five experience. He was a recruit before. He signed on with Kentucky out of Miramar High School uh, as a high school prospect uh, back in the class of 2017 at 6'5", 295. Had several offers at the time, but really Kentucky was the biggest one. You know, uh, you know took an official visit there. You know, it's, again, this is a Florida kid, Hollywood, Florida. Had offers from Central Florida, Coastal Carolina, FIU. It was some of those Florida directional schools. Uh, has gone to Kapaya Lincoln and, and now ready to go. And uh, jumps on the Mississippi State offer, was here on campus last weekend, uh, now part of the Mississippi State family. And so not a lot of huge offers out of high school. Uh, did have, uh, you know, Wake Forest, you know, Temple, a few others, but uh, not an incredible recruiting profile. But uh, a guy that had a great showing last weekend in camp, and now all of a sudden he's ready to go. And so he's part of this. He's a guy that will come in and, and compete for immediate playing time next year. Mississippi State – Always needs tackles. Always, always, always needs tackles. Grant Jackson out of West Lincoln High School. Grant's a guy that came to junior day. We've been familiar with Grant now for a couple of years. Uh, but Grant is a guy uh, there near Brookhaven, Mississippi. 6'6", 300-pounder, and really kind of raw at this point, but that's what you'd expect, okay, because, uh, you know, playing in a smaller classification – and uh, being able to get by on being a bigger, stronger kid, the technique is not necessarily what you would expect it to be. But he is a guy that has a very, very high ceiling. I, I have liked him from the beginning. When I first got his, when as soon as his huddle video was emailed to me, I said, you know what, this is a kid, when he gets in a college weight room and he gets some college coaching, he has a chance to be a dominant player. 6'6", 300-pounder, could be a guard, could be a right tackle. Uh, you know, we'll see. We've got him currently listed as a tackle. Uh, but several offers to choose from. Uh, several, and I really think with uh, it's one of those things we talk about how state and Ole Miss kind of counterbalance each other. Once you see a guy that both of them are pursuing uh, commit, then I think then there's like that next man up mentality. It's like okay, well we we've given our best effort here. Uh, he chose the other guys. We got to get moving. And I think there's probably a connection, you know, with with Khalil committing to Ole Miss, and all of a sudden, you know, you, they're recruiting Grant pretty heavily. But I think you go ahead and kind of step it up and get it, get it done, and they have. Uh, Grant commits to Mississippi State over offers from Arkansas State, Florida State, uh, UL Lafayette, Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Monroe, Memphis, Missouri, South Alabama, Southern Miss, Tulane, and others. Uh, so pretty good offer sheet there. Uh, the, the names that stand out to you obviously Florida State uh, and Missouri. Another SEC offer there. So, but again, this is a guy within your home state, and uh, we have, as a state historically, had one or two big time guys a year on the offensive line. And so, when you have a year like this year, when there's you know half dozen or so guys that you look at and say, okay, these guys either have the potential to play Power Five football, 
or already no doubt power five prospects. You got to make a move. And that's how I feel about Grant Jackson. Uh, I, I think his best football is clearly ahead of him. Big time player that's played in a small classification in kind of a smaller town. But uh, he is a guy, he does what an SEC guy should do at his level, and that's dominate the guy across from him. Uh, got, you know, his footwork is good. Just got to get stronger. Just got to get him in a college weight room. And, and that's the case for really for all these offensive linemen coming out of high school. They, they all need to sharpen the technique, and many of them need to learn technique because they're, they're getting bound being bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, but the guys that they're going to face at this level are going to be some of the freakish athletes they'll see in their entire life. And so there is a maturation process that must take place. But give me a 6'6", 300-pound kid from my home state that can already move his feet and uh, let Marcus Johnson work with him, put him in that strength and conditioning program. I feel really good about that. So Mississippi State now with 18 commitments. We do expect this to be a class that is a little bit less than 25. Joe Moore had told us back on signing day, probably 22, 23 pretty close to a full class, but that's the number now. Now, I expect there to be some adjustments within the class and within the roster between now and December. That's just part of the process, and so people need to be prepared for that. You know, I, I, there are still some big names out there. I still think Mississippi State's in great shape with Janari Dean. Hearing some great things about Mississippi State and Jordan Davis, currently a Tennessee commitment, but uh, I'm, I'm told that he will not go to Tennessee and uh, very high on Mississippi State. We'll see how that kind of all develops here in the coming weeks. But uh, the bottom line is Mississippi State, very good position right now in college football recruiting. Prospect camp coming up again this weekend. And we always see a little business right after prospect camps. Joe gets guys on campus. They bring the family in. Last weekend we had uh, Tulu. Uh, Ladietric Griffin came in with his mom and uh, family and, and, uh, and had a great time. And uh, he's at Mississippi State. is still very much recruiting. And there has been some ebb and flow, and it's so interesting to note. There's a lot of no, you know, noise out there about him. And I will tell you, it is very close between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And prior to last weekend, I believed Ole Miss had the momentum. I believe now Mississippi State has recaptured that momentum. But this will be one of those deals that will be a roller coaster for a while until one school decides, okay, our needs are met with another player or we feel good enough with his commitment or whatever uh, to move forward. But there's always going to be some ebb and flow in the recruiting process. But um, we will do our best over at jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate of 247 Sports Network, a subsidiary of CBS Interactive. We will do our very best to keep you abreast of not only the latest developments, but just the, little, you know, the things we're hearing. Paul and I both post uh, the bones and the biscuits. We kind of let you know, hey, here's what we're hearing. You know, sometimes what you hear is not, not absolutely correct and things change. But by and large, I think we do a pretty good job giving Mississippi State fans an idea of what's going to happen before it happens. And so come by, check that out. And, and again, this weekend, nobody's going to staff the College World Series better than we are. N- nobody. Nobody's going to have more boots on the ground than us. So when you're looking for any information about the College World Series, come to jeanspage.com. It's all going to be there. Uh, Robbie, Dave Murray, and I, we're going to be there. We're going to cover everything. And uh, we'll have post-game video. We'll have uh, reaction from players. We'll have notebooks. We'll have the game story. Uh, we're not going to be limited. We're going to go out there and do a great job because we believe, we believe this is a very special year for Mississippi State. We don't, we, we don't believe this is just another Omaha trip. We think this is a very special team. This is a team that has some invaluable experience from last year. As I mentioned earlier in the show, there's three of the eight teams in the College World Series were there last year. That's Mississippi State, Texas Tech, and Arkansas. And, of course, Arkansas plays 
uh, to the National Championship Series and should have won the National Championship last year. Carson Shetty drops a pop-up in foul territory, or I guess he kind of overruns a pop-up to be more correct. But the bottom line is they've been there. They're hungry. They're a lot like Mississippi State. I tweeted a couple days ago that Mississippi State swept Arkansas in 2016 and 2018. Arkansas swept Mississippi State in 17 and 19. Maybe let's just meet in Omaha and settle this thing once and for all. And that's when we would see them as in a national championship series. Now, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we can do that because none of us are going to play or coach in the ballgame. But if that situation unfolds like that, I like Mississippi State's chances. I like Mississippi State's chances on a neutral field. I like Mississippi State's chances at Omaha without the uh, without the uh, the home field advantage for Arkansas. Bomb is a very difficult place to play. The wind's always blowing out the right, it seems. It's not like that in Omaha. Chris Simone has talked about that. So this time of year, a lot of times the wind's blowing in. And so it's going to be interesting. The teams that can hit line drives, the teams that can hit hard ground balls, they're going to score, they're going to win. These free-swinging teams that are swinging for the fence, they're going to get swallowed whole in that ballpark. We know we have been there. And so I will not be the least bit surprised because I think Arkansas has got a cakewalk of a bracket. I really do. I think Mississippi State got a good opening draw. But I think Mississippi State's got the more difficult road. But I believe if we get there, I just don't think we'll be denied. I just don't think so. I think we've got more guys back from that team last year that understands what it takes. And you remember Elijah McNamee. I remember with tears in his eyes last year at Omaha. He said, we will be back at Omaha next year, and we will win the national championship. Mark my words. Now, I asked him about that earlier in the year. I'm going to dig that article up and recirculate it. I think you guys would be need, need to read it again. But I asked him back in uh, in February, I asked him about that. I said, hey, you made that comment. He goes, well, you know, it's an emotional moment. But I'll tell you, that's exactly how I feel now. I think everybody on this team feels that way. And and I think everybody has, you know, they all feel the same way that I do. Why are you playing college baseball if you don't want to go win a national championship? What's the point? And so now let's flash forward four months later. And now here we are packing the bus and as a matter of fact Big E Ever Kennard has already left already gone we'll travel and tip to you for you I-29 I, I between Kansas City and Omaha is closed but your GPS will reroute you but you need to go ahead and be aware of that Big E's already on the way the team is flying out uh, this evening and then they will have their day in Omaha on Friday and kind of get going but the main thing for Mississippi State is they've already been through all of this you know, they understand the media responsibilities, the open locker room stuff. That you know, They understand because they've been there. For a lot of these teams, they're going to have all these microphones in their face. They're going to have all these meetings to go to. They're going to have all this pre-production stuff for ESPN they have to do. There's going to be a lot of things they do that are out of the normal routine. And for Mississippi State, they've already done it. For Arkansas, they've already done it. For Texas Tech, they've already done it. And so... They will be able to handle and navigate through that schedule with a little more patience and understanding because they understand it is a requirement of the event. But when you're one of those guys and you're, you're thinking, okay, well, oh, man, we've got another meeting. We've got to do this. What do you mean we've got to have an interview here? We've got to do this. And so it is such a crush. And and you go back and think a couple of years ago when Mississippi State went to the Final Four and beat UConn, the day between the Mississippi State game with UConn and South Carolina – 
that next day it was nothing but wall-to-wall media and then a little bit of practice. And you remember that's the day after Morgan William made the shot to be UConn. And so you can imagine the crush of reporters because Mississippi State suddenly was the hottest thing in the country because you would, you know, won the, you know, beat the biggest dominant team in, in all of college history, arguably any sport. And then you've got to go play a game the next day against a team that's already beat you twice. A team that's better than you, let's be honest. They were just better than us. But the next year when we went, we just felt like, you know what, we have been, we've, we've been there and done this, we've got the T-shirt, and we should have won an AFL championship, right? We missed a layup that would have won an AFL championship. We managed the schedule better. We missed the execution. I see baseball the same way, except I think this group, with the leadership we have, they will find a way. They will find the leadership. They will find what it takes to go win. I told you last week that State would take the Stanford uh, Super Regional in two games. I believe that. I believe this time next week we're going to be ready for a winner's bracket game. And I think we're going to have a real chance to advance to a College World Series final series. I, I really I believe that. And uh, as I have shared with many people in my family, you know, sometimes you get these gut feelings and it just, you know, it's your own anxiety, whatever. But as, as I plan my trip and I get to thinking, well, how long are you going to be gone? And in my heart, I believe I'm going to be gone two weeks. I may go up there and come back. I may be on the way back, you know, Wednesday. I don't believe that, though. I think we're going to go out there, and I think we're going to stay a while. I think Mississippi State is going to go to the College World Series. I think Mississippi State is going to be the story of the College World Series. I think, I think there's a lot left to prove. And as Jake Mangum has said so eloquently more than once, there's only one thing left to do. And that one thing is to go win an after championship. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.